Yo, this is the Ancient Texan, Monday night. I've got the football game on, kind of playing without volume in the in the background. Oh, I'm a big believer in that we don't know much. I believe I don't know much, but I'm pretty confident that we don't know much. First, there's the way that the mind works. Um, As part of survival, we have to pay attention to the snake that's moving close to us and focus on that and not on the rock over to the side. So we're, we're geared by nature to pay attention to something that might hurt us, something that needs to be paid attention to. The rest of the stuff we ignore. And we do this all the time. And I'm, I'm not creating this. This is kind of standard brain science. But when someone talks about what happened or, you know, a drive they took to work or any event, they kind of describe it in a lot more detail perhaps than they actually saw it or remember. Because this brain does this little marvelous thing that it picks up a few... You know, it pays attention to what it's supposed to for survival. And then it kind of like fills in the background. Like an automatic coloring program that, you know, you color the main character and you give it what skin color and yellow hat and a blue dress or whatever. Your main person. And then the software kind of fills in the background, the blue sky, the brown earth. That kind of thing. And we fill in all these myriad of details. And we we often just like make stuff up. Now let's take that to the to the newsroom or to Facebook or Twitter or even something called Twitch. Let's say when we listen to the news, we hear a story. Well, the one that's telling you the story is probably telling you the story from, you know, it may be a couple of people removed. But somewhere there's someone that's describing what just happened on the White House lawn or what happened in the Philadelphia election, what... um, you know, that they heard that the observers weren't close enough, uh, or they heard there was no observer. So they picture this, they build on this little piece of information, and you build up a story around it. That story could be, yeah, they just 
didn't let the observer close enough, but you can take that and build a story up that, you know, there was no observer and there was only Democrats there and they're, they're the others and they're evil people and they're cheating us and they're going to screw me. And kind of the story, the stories that you build kind of depend on your view of life and people and view of the other side. Like I basically believe that people are good people that, you know, 99% people are good and they're trying hard and they're, they're doing, you know, fairly honest And I would say, I believe it's declined a little bit because we've let our stories change. Because it's all, the stories that we build are are kind of in context of not only what we're imagining, but the people around us that are imagining. And it doesn't take like a, you know, this 1% I talked being honest we have a way of leveraging our opinions and our views. You know, it's called Facebook or Twitter, whatever, YouTube. So one person that's deliberately trying to deceive us to construct stories with an agenda to give us stories that they want us to have has a lot of leverage these days that it didn't used to. Used to you go out of your house and you see three people before you get home or ten people and talk to them. But you don't see the influence of thousands of people. Uh, and even if you only read ten posts, that person's been influenced by, you know, ten people who's been influenced by You know, if you start branching out how many people influence a single person on Facebook, it's a large number, Uh, directly or indirectly. So we have people that have the ability to leverage themselves and to take our stories and our tendency to, to have a few facts and construct stories, and they help us construct stories that you know, line up with their point of view. Now, since I'm on the, you know, since I'm 67% blue, uh, I tend to believe the blue storytellers. Um, But, for instance, the blue storytellers say in the election that... uh, Everything's being done correctly, and there's no chance of fraud um, in Philadelphia. Let's take, for example. Well, I seriously doubt that they know that. They believe that. And they don't have any evidence of more than hearsay that it's not true, that you know, they don't have any direct evidence. And so when they, they talk to us, they help us build a story that, you know, they want you to have the story that everything's perfect there. 
Well, I, I would first say that, you know, they should be very careful with the word choice. They should say Trump has nothing to substantiate or Trump has nothing that we know of to substantiate the claims of malfeasance or shenanigans. This narrative of there has been no shenanigans is a story. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like with, with science. When you're doing science, you have to really be careful about the conclusions you draw that they're not more broad than the evidence uh, permits. And when, you know, Lindsey Graham or any other politician gets up and supports Trump they don't have any special knowledge. They don't have any more knowledge probably than you do. Or I do. And Trump probably doesn't have any more knowledge than you do or I do. All we have when we speak with certainty without facts is a story. A story that we've made up in our head. And the story we make up is very strongly dictated by our beliefs about the other side. And if you believe the other side is your enemy, don't need to say names there, then you're going to create a story in which the other side acts as a enemy intent on hurting you without being bound by ethics and decent, honest behavior. So, I think a lot of our problems we're having in the in the world right now, and this country in particular, and especially with the election and between Republicans and Democrats, is that we're acting like someone's story is the truth. Um, Rachel Maddow's the best I've ever seen at taking a few facts and building a story. And she builds, I would say most time, a story that is possible. I often think Her story goes well beyond what is known and goes with such detail that it's probably introducing a lot of errors because the assumptions are so um, magically woven together in a narrative and she's so good at bringing us along on her story. And if, if I guess if everybody knows that's sitting there, that this is a story, um, that's 
That's one thing, and understands that. But in most of these stories, the other side is characterized as being bad. And there are bad people and bad things going down. Except, in, in, in my personal experience with people, people are in general much better than stories I hear on either side of the newsroom. Now, I... I think Fox is over the, you know, the extreme that they they have a worldview that everybody's bad and evil, especially if you're blue, and that makes them construct stories that are just really far removed from the facts, and they're forced to leave facts out. And they're forced to journey a long way from the original fact. And the space between facts is, is filled in by story. And the story can get only loosely connected to the facts. And part of this is, you know, critical thinking. What's, what's real and where's the source? But even, you know, if you read New York Times, or which I think is a good paper, and I read The Economist, they really do a lot of research and have a lot of facts. Um, they still have a narrative. Even The Economist and uh, New York Times, uh, New York Times has a probably a little more liberal viewpoint. The Economist is a little more still liberal, but conservative. Uh, got some left in it but they have a world view of you know which takes into account U.S.'s position in history and a view of history and a um, mindset about you know what what happened uh, in the world the last hundred years and that all colors their stories which is okay I don't I don't think you can function um Basically, you just have to keep your mouth shut if you want to only talk when you know something. Because you don't, we don't know so much. We don't know very much at all, it turns out. Most of us um, are painfully short on facts and knowledge and very long on story. And if you take the Hatfields and McCoy, you can imagine how over the generations um, the story evolves and is retold by your side and becomes a legend, a myth, uh, some grand story, some grand narrative. Uh, that has a kind of a life of its own. And if we want to get along as, you know, fellow humans in this country together that are blue and red and purple and green, all colors in between on this political spectrum, black and white. 
we have to be, first we have to recognize that we tell stories all the time. And we have to kind of learn to make little marks, you know, little tick marks like that, that 15 minutes of talking was based on three facts, three observations, three reported observations, three reported oper- observation by a biased blue person or a biased red person retold by someone that doesn't like them. So, you know, we recognize that this this story that came into being, you know, came from some facts that are somewhat removed from the situation. Um, and they're reported facts. They're not really facts. They're observations. They're stories about some facts. Um, A, recognize that, you know, the person you're listening to is doing that. And then B, recognize that in your own self, when you take that story, you do kind of a, you don't do kind of, you do a rewrite of that story. You put it in your head and then you carry it forward and it affects your emotions and your well-being um, and how you feel about the other side. We need to realize that that's happening to us, that we're responding to stories that have been very colored, very blue, or very red. They didn't start out as real red and real blue stories. They started out kind of off-white or a little gray or something. And someone that took that story, they got out their blue pen colored it dark blue or they got out their red pen and colored it red and then someone else that's you know blue and they get a red story thrown at them they take the story and instantly construct the opposite color story And both sides get all emotional about the stories and they know that red story isn't true and the other side knows that blue story isn't true and but they've now are emotionally invested in them and they're angry at the other side for telling such a story. So I don't know how helpful this is but that's kind of how I listen to things when I'm listening on the news. I, I kind of try to sort out, like, what's the observation here that this story is based on? What's the person's point of view? What are they trying to sell me? What's, you know, they're building a story and they want me to think what? They don't just build randomly, build stories. They build stories to make you think something on both sides. Now, Critical thinking and critical listening is is about realizing that process is underway. And not only what the other person is doing, but what you're doing with this stuff. Critical thinking is about realizing that you don't know much. you got to recognize that. 
And if you're going to build a story, know that you're building it. And when you talk to someone else, know that you've built a story. And to the extent, I don't know how far a story has to get, you know, away from the original observation before it becomes a mistake, before it becomes a lie. But I think we've, or an untruth, I mean, I, there's shades of, you know, truth and lies too. It's not a black and white, it's a spectrum. And it has to do with how far we let our stories get away from the original fact and how much we color that story to sell a point of view that we have. So I want you all to, you know, try to put away your your red and blue coloring sticks. Get out maybe a light blue and a little pink coloring stick. Try using that a while. Maybe we could get a little closer if we didn't color our stories so darkly. This is the Ancient Texan. Hope you have a good day. Or a good evening and good sleep tonight. Wake up refreshed and great day tomorrow. This is the Ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.